Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Two momentous happenings this week. We will be covering Sunday's long episode of Twelve Angry Men. Sorry, eleven jurors in Portugal and the verdict. So if you haven't heard it, listen away now because this is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is of Ambridge in the heart of Midlands. I am the Twelve Good Men and True, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the UKIP juror, that is. Lucy Freeman. And the last part of our trial of the century, folks, is you. Now, today's Dum De Dum is a physically apt one from Cool and the Gang. Yay! It's a, it's a band I actually hated back in the day, and still, <laughs> I haven't got much love for them. Naff. And you had a proper naff jerry curl, as I seem to remember. But those people now to get a party started. So we start in with them. Now, Lucy. Yep. If anyone wants to send us a Dum De Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or talk all the way through a court scene, then ring us on 0203 <laughs> or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us and to Derek for the of the back bedroom. Derek is delighted at the verdict. He says if it just makes one other man think twice before asking for real custard, <laughs> then it's all been worth it. <laughs> Real custard's overrated. But anyway, on this week's episode, we have calls from... <gasps> Tishan... Everyone! Yes. It's wicked to say you didn't ring in. Just everyone. Yeah. Tishan73, who won silence in court. Ilanthi Rosa, who thinks that Pat's due a U-turn. Dusty substances, who wants Rob dead. Cue up there, Dusty. Uh, Jojo Sexy Hills, <laughs> who's cheering. Nigel, New York Nigel, who thinks it's all been over-egged. Cat Brown, who's having a hotter... Good heavens, I hope not. Claire, who's ecstatic. Yokel Bear, whose nerves has been racked. Auntie Jean, who's gloating. Nozilla, whose heart has been broken. <gasps> Mid Miss City, whose eyebrows 
are raised. Jackie, who thinks Charlie's on his way. Witherspoon, who gives actors applause. Sarah Brown, who's been shushing. <gasps> Steve, who has ears like a lynx. Lady Garth Garth, who's had it with Shula. Mm, join the back of a very long clue there, Lady Garth Garth. <laughs> Garnis Diva, who's overtired and overexcited. And thank God for those three little letters, A-N-D and Olivia Ellery, who's wrecked the porridge. But first... Before all of that, let's have Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. Well, it's been a quiet week in Ambridge. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. We don't know because we weren't there and neither was anyone else. We were all in Borsetshire. In a courtroom with the strangest acoustics known to man. Tichinob propelled himself into the witness box in his electric wheelchair, wincing and moaning, wrapped from head to foot in plaster of Paris like the Invisible Man, and proceeded to give the dodgiest statements to a court anyone has ever heard since. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. He said sir a lot, swore on the Bible, and generally did his best impression of a pillock of the community. (laughs) However, on the pillock front, he was completely overshadowed by his own father, Bruce, who burst out of his straight jacket and started shouting the middle class equivalent of things ain't what they used to be. And if you love a lady, you eat her. Luckily, (laughs) lucky old Shula had to sit next to him while he frothed away like an out of control latte machine. And quite frankly, I did my best to summon up some sympathy for her, but I couldn't find a shred of it, the silly moo. Tony huffed and puffed from the gallery, but spent most of his time trying to control his son and his friends, who seemed to treat it like an evening out at the pantomime. Fallon bought sandwiches, set the security beepers off, but that's what happened if you go through a scanner wearing an upcycled suit of armour, and whispered a running commentary. Tom ate his popcorn with his feet up on the seat in front, while Tony tried to stop Johnny running up and down the aisle. Isn't attempted manslaughter brilliant? (laughs) Jess did a marvellous turn as wife numero uno warming up in the wings in a silk dressing gown and shadow boxing while pat held her back she had her go and then she had to move over so the poached salmon and the tuna bake could give evidence they were great they bloody <laughs> ate obviously he's done nothing but slag them off for, for two years the custard was a bit nervous but it was still better than pat Krusty popped up and gave a barnstorming appearance which almost made tom knock his fanter over and jill dropped several stitches at the poncho she's working on Poor old Peggy's hand was a blur as it crossed bits out of her will and wrote them back in again. The current status is that Henry's getting the woolly inheritance, Fat Paul's getting the good china and the lodge is going to Otto. Then we spent an hour with the biggest collection of lunatics, right wing nut jobs and cretins assembled in one room since Celebrity Big Brother. The jury drama, which was less 12 angry men and more 11 bewildered actors, required everyone to have a signifier so we knew what they represented. Mm. Nigel Havers was charming but evil smoothie. Nigel Pargeter, back from his triple salco off the roof, appeared as Mr. Brexit to represent what happens when a group of people make a bloody stupid decision. Catherine Tate was <laughs> bad working class woman as opposed to good working class woman, which is the Honourable Kaz Cockney Sparrow Nagor Blimey. Uh, there was a Muslim lady, and we know that because someone said they liked her headscarf within the first 10 minutes. I was longing for her to say, no, I'm not Muslim. I've just got curlers in. <laughs> Eileen Atkins <laughs> liberal feminism, and let us know that by referencing hash brownies for no particular reason. There was the sensitive gay man, the macho flirter, etc. It was clunkier than the first attempts of a year four pottery class, but I bloody <laughs> loved it. 
It was the funniest thing I've heard for ages. And then the verdict. Within the space of two minutes, the jury, apparently, and in total silence, swung from being completely anti-Helen to wanting to come after Rob with cudgels. The verdict was announced. I burst into tears. And then we all roared with fury when bloody Rob popped up again. But then would the accused and the victim be ambling around the courtrooms by themselves after such a stressful thing? Would there not be, I don't know, forms or something? Maybe. Anyway, Shula stopped lashing herself with nettle leaves. Tom put the lid back on his fizzy Ribena and Jill put her knitting back in her bag. It was all ridiculous, but I care not a jot because Helen is, if not exactly free, at least no longer afraid and no longer pretending. And for this relief, much thanks. The end. Oh, well done. That 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 that's quite poignant and very clever this week. Well done. Do you know what? It got to about Thursday, and I was thinking, "What the f- am I going to write?" <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very funny. Oh, uh, well, gosh! No. You, you managed to see the comedic side in it, so I, I applaud you. I'm going to no, do that, this quite a last, lot. That last jury bit was was that. <laughs> that gave me all the gags I needed. I tell you, that was so funny. Mm. Well, <laughs> all right. Uh, so. Freeman, um, how are we going to do this mammoth epic of a gigantuan show? Uh, are we I, gonna... think, I, think, I think we should whiz through mm-hmm. the course, not whiz through the course, but I think we should go through the course straight away. <gasps> should we do them on 1.5 speed? No. Right. Because that would make me even more incomprehensible. I think we should go through the calls and then rant at will during the calls, should, should mm. it be required at any point. Okay. All right. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Titian 73 we have first. Hi. Hello, Titian 73 here. After a few months' silence, I know you have lots of calls, so I'll be very quick. I want to say, stop whispering. Shut up, Pat. Well done, Helen. Bloody well done. And I'm afraid I've turned into Linda Snell because I've just hand-delivered 100 letters to local residents to complain about a planning application from an evil developer. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. See you soon. Bye. There was a lot of whispering. There was. I know. I know they had to do it, but it was especially Fallon. I was thinking, you're going to get chucked out for contempt of court if you can't keep quiet. Just behave. Mm. Have you never been anywhere formal before? Shut up. Anyway, mm. um, to set the temperature of the proceedings, I suppose part of that was needed, but it did seem somewhat gratuitous. Yes. and key bits of testimony. Uh, as far as I was concerned, were missed uh, to give us, you know, room temperature um, utterings from various kind of Archers members from from Bridge Farm. And, yeah, it did become wearing. But as a plot device, I suppose you understand the reason why it was done. But we did want to just focus on actually what was said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Titian73, by the way, you're not not, uh, alone. I always think I'm Linda Snell whenever I do anything remotely community minded I think oh god I'm snelling again so no (laughs) it's uh yes I don't think you're alone you're alone in that uh right Iolanthe Rosa Mm. she's in Britain at the moment is she yep she should be up in the Lake District um as as we podcast yes it's got a nice week for it Mm. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. This is Robin in beautiful Santa Rosa, California. I'm Iolanthe Rosa on Twitter. 
and uh, I'm completely absorbed by the trial proceedings like I'm sure everybody else is. I'm finding it so moving and so compelling. And I'm feeling some optimism for the first time that maybe there will be a satisfying ending for this horrible storyline. I'm actually calling to talk about Pat. I've been just as frustrated as every other right-thinking Archers fan about her change of personality over the last couple of years, how she went from being a strong, opinionated feminist into being a completely oblivious and a doormat to towards Rob and let go of all of her native uh, ability to read people and uh, recognize him for what he was. But thinking about it this week, and as she's been hand-wringing and feeling guilty, carrying on in her currently self-absorbed way, I think in the end, this is actually going to be a good thing for her relationship with Helen because they'll be able to bond over the fact that they were both duped by this horrible man. I think it would be hard if Pat had been banging the anti-Rob drum all along and putting Helen now in a position where Helen would have to be saying uh, or thinking that Pat was saying, I told you so, you know, you should have known. Uh, I think their relationship will be smoother with Pat just being another victim of Rob. And now Pat can take up this opportunity to snap back into her old shape and become strong again for Helen to make up for her loss of herself over the last couple of years. Yes, Pat due a U-turn. I actually think that the relationship with Pat and uh, Helen will improve now because um, the situation's reversed. Pat's protected Helen for so long and made her, in a way, I'm not, I'm not trying to blame Pat in the slightest, but there is an element of Pat that's always been overly, overly protective of Helen or very, very protective and wary of Helen. And she's now seen how tough she is. And Pat's been the weak one. So I think that will kind of reverse slightly. And, and Pat will now see Helen as a very, very strong woman and treat her accordingly rather than, are you sure, Helen? Are you sure? You know, mm. I, I hope so. Though you could take a contrary view and say that when Pat has taken her eye off Helen, then look what's happened. Mm. You know, when she when she entrusted somebody else to have Helen's best interests at heart, he absolutely um, abused her. And Pat's first... Yeah, but that was... Yeah, yeah sorry. And, you know, and Pat's first instincts when she met Rob were to go, mm, not sure about you, but she mm. went, you know what? Um, I trust my daughter. I hope that you're right and I'm wrong. And, I, and I'm not saying necessarily that I'm right in this. I'm just saying there is a, a, a contrary view. And because of the great community of Dumpty Dum listeners, um, it was Andrew Horn that many, many, many podcasts ago uh, told, didn't remind me because I didn't know this at all, but uh, told us uh, of Helen's uh, traumatic birth. Mm. And, yeah. and that is the reason why Pat has, you know, forever kind of wrapped her in, mm. you know, kind of cotton wool, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And because we need to move away from the Helen Archer show. And yeah. it has been compelling, uh, but we do need to move away from it. So as soon as we can have some kind of normalcy between the Bridge Farm Archers, um, you know, all the better, yeah. all the better. Now, I'm going to, Freeman, applaud Sean O'Connor's tenure at the helm because he has brought the archers in clearly into 
the social media age with issues and nods and winks to Twitter. So mm. I know many people will be shocked about this, but I don't do this very often, but I'm standing up and I'm applauding. Um, because, you know, he has taken Helen, you know, that character and moulded his whole run on the show around her. And it's mm. garnered massive amounts of press. You know, we, we yeah. have to admit that. And being a fan of the Archers is no longer a thing of social embarrassment and scorn. So we've got to give the guy credit for that. Now, Juicy Loose. Yes. You and I know that Mr. O'Connor didn't want the actors to appear on this podcast. Something yeah. which you had a bit of a... Your head exploded <laughs> once, didn't it? You were in the... And I must admit... I found it, you know, we both found it incredibly baffling because dum-de-dum, you know, at dum-de-dum, we are friends, though sometimes critical friends, but we are friends of the show. And and I think, you know, we, not just us, but Archer's fans from way back have been friends and fans who listen through thick and thin. And dare I say it, we're the last bastion of defenders of this thing when it was incredibly unhip to admit that anyone listened to our favourite docudrama. You know, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon now. The New York Times is writing articles. Um, you know, I get random calls from AP journalists in, in the middle of the night in, in California to say, oh, give me a quote. Um, and we have to applaud the guy. So, again, Mr. O'Connor, because I know you I know you don't listen, but I know people who you do know do listen. Here, Here is another clap. So it's with that in mind, Juicy Loose that we are inviting the BBC Publicity Department to lift its ban on actors appearing on our show. Now, if you, good listener, agree, you can email radio4publicity at bbc.co.uk and remind them that the Dum De Dum community are 30,000 people strong and we haven't done 120. 30? I thought it was 25. It's gone up, loose. Blimey. Gone up. Dare I say it? Um, a bit of a, a courtroom drama and press uh, all over the place uh, adds even to our uh, kind of download figures. So, you know, we haven't done 120-odd shows on Ambridge to demean the show at all. We love it and we believe that the actors would enjoy being on the show again, just as Joanna Van Campen, Tim Bentink and Terry Malloy all have in the past. Now, Lucy... Yes. This storyline, I'm going to start in reverse. Sean O'Connor and I have two things in common. A love of the archers and the film 12 Angry Men, which you have um, very cleverly put into your monologue and stuff. Now, the parallels between last night's episode and that classic black and white movie were not an accident. And this is how much, purely on a personal note, when I first saw that film, it so knocked me sidewards as a, what, 12-year-old that I decided, actually, I wanted to make films. I wanted to be in the media. I couldn't understand. I was totally blown away by the fact that you could have one drama, primarily in one room, so it almost feels like a play, and be taken on an utter roller coaster. So I have to applaud his homage to that film because it me because that film means a lot to me. It reminds me of being twelve, thirteen, lying lying on the carpet floor, arm around my mum, watching Henry Fonda do his shtick. 
and the beats and the plot twists of that film were mirrored uh, in yesterday's episode. So well done there, Mr. O'Connor. Bravo. Um, now, without wanting to get into all this plot about stabbing again, because I, I just repeat myself week after week. I believe that as soon as Ambridge can move away from Rob Titchener, the better. This is not to take anything away from the sterling performances of Timothy Watson. But as great as his storyline has been, the whole dynamic of the village has been upset by this overbearing storyline for the last two and a half years. Many beloved characters and storylines, Luce, have been neglected. Uh, Lucy, mm. where the hell is this bunting, for example? <laughs> Seriously, seriously, where is it? Why bring it's like it's it's like a family row. You think why bring that up if you weren't going to say, you know, <laughs> if you weren't going to sort of look for it properly or talk mention it again? Why bring it up in the first place? That's yeah. The this this new editor needs to deal with a myriad of storylines of this is, Rob's. Can, can, can we drop in dusty substances call here? Because she's no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, I'm just getting right. it done. Then I'm going to shut, uh, the, okay. shut the heck up, right? Okay. Now, this new editor is going to have to deal with all of the fallout of Rob and his nefarious goings on, which will all now come to light, and the protracted custody custody wranglings over Henry instead of getting on with new storylines and characters. As I've said before, the birth of Henry heralded the start of the Helen Archer show. All I ask is, can we have the return of Ambridge and the Archers, please, now? That's it. There's my little rant and plea over um, BBC publicity. Um, Please, can we just move on? Mr Sean O'Connor, you did great things for the show that... I love, we love, you love it also. Um, but uh, can we now have a turning of the leaf, not only with new storylines, but also with the way of which um, we've been dealt with because we absolutely adore this thing. And you know that we do. And there's no need for us to be uh, put in the naughty corner any longer. <laughs> I'm perennially on the naughty step I am. It's become, yes. It's become moulded to my bottom. (laughs) Anyway, Dusty Substances, call. Hello, it's Dusty Substances here. The wrong sort of listener and and definitely out on a limb today. Um, I heard the trial last night and I heard Sean O'Connor on the Today programme this morning. It's Monday. Um, I'm not euphoric. As Sean O'Connor says, this isn't the end. He's, He's almost promised us 30 more years of this potentially. And that's not a euphoric thought. Uh, All along I've said it's been well acted, well written, well intentioned. The fundraising has been fantastic. I still think all of those things. But the Archers' main purpose isn't to educate us on social issues. It's, It's not main purpose. It's not a Hollywood blockbuster on an epic scale where big storylines can rumble and then disappear. And it's not like Dallas where you can have a shower and you can turn the clock back and not be dead. It's a tiny 15-minute, sometimes claustrophobic space in my head uh, and in a lot of people's heads. That could be for many where the storyline actually really worked. But for me, it just destroyed the whole balance of the series. No scene was safe from Rob. 
from the final exchanges with Helen last night, no scene will be safe from Rob in future. So the balance for me is, is really, really thrown. But I want to be positive, so here is my little plan of what would make me a very positive listener. I'd like Rob to be shunned by the village now, even by Susan. I'd like him to lose custody of Henry. I'd like Justin to think again about that job. I'd like Charlotte to run away very fast. I'd like Stefan to turn up, either alive, well and ready to blab, or in a culvert, uh, and... uh, I'd like Rob to be publicly unhinged and then to die dramatically of an unexpected complication. And then, friends, I promise I will be as euphoric as humanly possible. Bye for now. She is not euphoric. This is not the end. Now, various doomers and gloomers amongst us uh, and I'm sure Dusty won't mind me referring to her as a doomer and a gloomer because she is, she bless her, she is, you know, she's just completely fed up with it all. Is he going to appeal? Is there going to be now a rape case? Who gets custody of Henry? Um, he is allegedly still starting his job at uh, Barrow, but another caller says, no, he ain't. Um, you know, He's not going to leave the village, is he? Because his boys are there, as he would think of them. And, um, you know, uh, he's. I think his campaign now will be that all that weirdo nonsense last night about I still can't take my eyes off you um, was him saying, I'm now going to see if I can. After all that, I'm now going to see if I've got the power to pull you back in again. You know, he's not going to go. People like him don't give up. Because they don't believe they they don't they don't understand the, they don't have the capacity to understand that some things that some things are beyond their power. They just don't believe that. It doesn't that doesn't sort of it isn't something they can understand very easily. So um they will just keep trying to force their own agenda. Uh and the only hope is actually that they will um he will completely um uh, lose all rationality and do something so extraordinarily awful, i.e. try and abduct Henry or something, that, uh, you know, that, that they'll then be... Because Helen will have to get a restraining order or something on him if he's going to follow around doing things like that. Well, it's going to be hard for him to not continually bump into her in a small village. You know, they're but not that, living in Birmingham, not, are they? Yesterday in the in the bloody court thing... So the, what, the, the, is that allowed that they both just go pottering, ambling around the courthouse by themselves after such an enormous case? You know, would Helen even be allowed to be on her own? She'd have to go and be sort of debriefed or something, wouldn't she? Um, you know, and it, then you, surely I, they try and keep the two parties apart. You know immediately what, Luce, after the end of Luce, a mantle. I, you, you would have thought so, but I, I don't know for a fact. This is uh, Miss Mid-City's territory, I, I presume. The... I was disappointed last week in the testimony that uh, Rob acquitted himself relatively well. Yes, he um, he damned himself a few times with actually what he said, uh, but he didn't blow himself up spectacularly in the way that some of us thought that he would because yeah. we know he's got a terrible temper and you just thought if you cross-examine him enough, he will just lose it. Yeah. And, and actually, he didn't. And what this does mean is that we do have this protracted after story. He could have done, he, you know, the, what the scriptwriters could have done 
is for him to blow himself up in the courtroom so that he walks out an absolute shell uh, mentally as well as his reputation being in, in tatters as it is now and he'd have nowhere to go but back down to Hampshire with his folks mm-hmm. and that didn't happen and mm. then we have this, you know, this uh, kind of lo- this kind of um, mawkish kind of you know, the mawkish thing which he said to Helen kind of afterwards. And I must admit, I just kind of rolled my eyes, I, mm. I, I, you know, because please, yeah, we, we enough, enough, enough. And I don't want to keep going backwards here, but let let's be quite honest about uh the last week and the reasons for it uh ostensibly the reasons we were told that last week happened it was to highlight coerce the the issue of coercive control um 10 out of 10 for that not even 10 out of 10 uh 15 out of 10 uh because there is no way that when that storyline was conceived that all concerned had any idea of the massive impact it would have, not just in the U, not just on Radio Fourland, not just with the chattering classes, but within the UK and actually throughout the world. I repeat, I'm in California and I'm picking up uh, US newspapers and they're talking about the Archers. Right, so put that now uh, to one side. The BBC has um, a mission statement to uh, inform and to educate, etc., etc. Now, move the stabbing to one side. Looking at that evidence in the court, yes, we as the the listeners know, and we're privy to all of Rob's um, horrendous, disgusting, despicable, venal behaviour. But if you take uh, 12 jurors true... It was relatively finely balanced, and it had to be for this for the way that the uh, outlaid the drama. If you're going to have an hour-long drama based on the the verdict and the jurors, you needed to have it finely balanced. And I would argue that if you are encouraging uh, women victims to come forward because they've been domestically. Uh, abused by their partners by their spouses you don't serve that cause well in you serve the course of drama well but not actually highlighting that case and cause uh, that case and that cause the evidence in court should have been overwhelming against the shit and, and let's and one of the problems with our jewelry system is its great strength is that actually this comes down to you as a human being, as a citizen, actually weighing up your life experience yeah. with the evidence. Now, if there hadn't been the super duper liberal, um, slightly old, yes, yeah, Helen would have gone down. Yeah, if, you know, if the if yeah, quite quite simply, quite simply. So again, I repeat: if you look at the cause, not the drama, right. If I was a woman and I'm and I were caught in a situation like Helen, I would say it's a it's a toying cost. It's a toying cost. It's a toying. <laughs> it's a toying cost. It's a coin toss. Why couldn't I say that? And and I absolutely believe to hell with 
the plotted drama. Obviously, Mr. O'Connor wanted to have his um, Citizen Kane moment of radio drama to do 12 Angry Men, and I'm mixing up cities, you know, two classic American movies, but uh, people understand what I'm saying. And he's gone out with a massive bang, right? Um, the other thing I would say about the drama is that if you if you plot 12 angry men you absolutely understand the the motivations of the of the various male jurors just like you said lucy um you know within the show yesterday so everybody has their distinct personalities and there is the one character who just wants to go back to the ball game you know just want to get out of there as quick as possible etc etc uh, and then and everybody then reaches into their past to actually understand their initial prejudice, which is exactly what happened here. But with 12 Angry Men, you have it all played out. So when Henry Fonda is that one juror who hangs out and says, no, we need to, de- you know, we need to deliberate this properly before we send this boy down to, uh, you know, X amount of years in jail, um, you know, you, you go, you, you go through it, and it's you know, it's one against eleven. Then he and you whittle them all the way down, and then they swing back at one point, etc., etc. If you're going to absolutely copy this classic Hollywood movie, we didn't have we didn't have that as a conclusion, did we? It was just cut off. Yeah. We don't yeah. know why Nigel Havers and no. uh, Graham Seed that the, uh, et al switched. We we have absolutely no idea. No. And and I felt to be robbed fair, though, by that. I don't care. I'm just no, no, no. Sure, did. sure. But as as a lover of film, media, and the plotting of drama, I actually felt um, well robbed cheated. by that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to so follow this kind of classic film and the nuances of it, then you need you need to go through with it. I, yeah. I'm just presuming that there was so much material that it was kind of left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. But you did feel like, A, wait on a minute. Well, that's what, you know, we were doing this filming yesterday. When the result came in, we all went, hey, Ray, what? Because it was kind of, you know, it was there was a cheer and then a, really? Mm. And then and then we carried on cheering because we just thought, oh, sod it, good, hurrah, mm. who cares, sort of thing. You um, know, consider- but after everyone was thinking so... So what do you think happened then? Why exactly. did they suddenly abruptly change? And if you, again, this was an hour-long special, but this is Radio 4, where the schedule couldn't be just thrown up in the air at a, at a drop of a hat. So if it needed another half an hour, give it another half an hour. <laughs> you know, you've built this thing up for two and a half years. Yeah. Why yeah. does, you know, why snip, yeah. snip away 15 minutes unless... There weren't the writing wasn't quite up to it or something or another. But considering the masterful job that has been done portraying this whole thing for the last two and a half years, I'm I'm sure Sean O'Connor had the plotting uh, cojones for him to do this, and he has you know various excellent writers actually to flesh this out. So why they didn't give it another fifteen minutes, half an hour, yeah. heaven only knows. But anyway, yeah. where are we, Lucy? Uh, completely lost. Jojo Sexy Heels. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. I'm sure everybody's been uh, saying what they thought about the actual trial. As you know, I'm a long, long time fan of Graham Seed. I just loved his um, out of character rendition of Dennis the Slaughterman. Welcome back. 
please can we have more Slaughterman storylines, maybe with Eddie down at the market, just so that the lovely Graham could be heard back on the archers again. I found it a very hard episode to listen to this last week. I've been away for a couple of weeks on holiday. I'm still a week behind on Dumpty Dum. Just caught up with the archers yesterday morning. Love the show, as always, but oh my goodness, it was a lump in the throat time. I really thought Helen was going to go down. So, happy days ahead, and I suspect that Tichinob's going to be an absolute mustard. Poor Henry, I think it's going to be taken out on him. We'll wait to see. Anyway. Jojo Sexy Heels uh, was really, really enjoyed hearing Nigel again. He didn't really cover his tracks too much, did he? But do you know what? God love him. He was interviewed earlier in the day and mm. he said, well, I had to completely change my voice, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I had to sound a lot rougher than normal. And I really? thought, really? <laughs> well, I sound rougher than that, to be honest, Graham. But anyway, yes, um, when uh, I can't remember if it's when we had the dinner with him. Um, or whether it was me. All the people to play a slaughterman. I think. I think Nigel. <laughs> Listen, it was it, it was a lovely Great move. Was 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 way way at the back. Mm. It was a lovely move of Sean O'Connor to, yeah. to get him to come back. And you, you saw in the press that he said it. You know, he really wanted to work with him, etc. He, he stood out like a. I was going to say like a sore thumb, like a pleasant plum. You know, he's like, oh, he's back. A plumpy from... thumb. Yes. yes. <laughs> Nigel's back. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking of Nigel's, now we have New York Nigel. Mm-hmm. Hello, Royfield and Lucy and everyone. New York Nigel here after a rather long hiatus because of summer weddings and summer holidays. I just caught up with the archers, but I've saved up your podcast for listening to a bit later this week as a consolation. Well, what a relief. I thought that they rather over-egged the pudding during the last month or so with Robert DeMara and Helen's lawyer taking to the bottle and Prissy Shuler's meltdown and Jess refusing to testify and Rob sounding more and more like Satan every time he was heard. And I have to say that I was starting to feel totally played on in, in a way that strained credulity. And if it was possible for the scriptwriters to jerk our chain, they never missed an opportunity. But Still, the hour-long episode I thought was a bit of a mixed bag. At certain points, it was like listening to one of those period piece reality radio documentaries from the 70s, especially when everything descended into that unintelligible shouting match. But when the actual Archer's characters were heard, the writing was really superb and really, really moving, I thought. And I think we listen to the programme because we love the characters. And when those actors' salaries are given to people we don't even know, in the interest of informing the grand listening public about the judicial system, we feel like we're not really listening to the archers somehow. Anyway, given the many loose and nasty ends that Rob has left dangling all over the village, my one hope now is that he and his dreadful mother and father are going to descend into a protracted and gradual ignominy and shame that will take just as realistically long as it took Helen to be portrayed as a survivor of domestic abuse. They gave us a larger-than-life baddie over the last few years, and his end has to be a larger-than-life end. Otherwise, there's no balance, I don't think, to the drama. I don't want him just to melt into thin air like the phantasmagorical Route B. That's all for now. He wants an ign- ignominious end. 
for Robert. Um, yes, I can. The only the only way I can see us getting shot of the man uh, is is for him to actually be pushed. There is a horrible, horrible, awful, horrible story in the headlines today, which I won't go into because it, nobody needs to 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 um to hear it because it's just so unpleasant. But it's about a father uh trying to punish his wife using his child, and I thought that is the way that this is going to go. Oh hells! Uh, mm. Can you tell us what this story is? It's um it's it's a story that highlights the 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 a mess up by social services in that the child support agency accidentally the child protection agency accidentally sent a woman was in a safe house with her child because the husband was um violent and they accidentally sent him the address of the safe house and he went there and the little girl answered the door and he shot her through the head. Oh God! And I thought that and he did it because he said he thought he was going to lose custody, and so he decided. If no, if he couldn't have her, nobody would. And that's exact. That is absolute. That is NP. That's narcissistic personality disorder, right there. Psychotic, you know. Uh, and then he went on to to, as far as I know, kill himself as well. But it's kind of, it's that level of delusional sense of uh megalomania that uh, you are actually you are in control of things to such an extent that you control life and death and actually you are capable of making life and death decisions that other people aren't um and that kind of thing that's where i think the storyline is going to, is going to end up i don't think we're going to have you know a th- we're going to we're not going to be list- i don't think we're going to be listening to a 30 year battle over who goes to henry's parents evening i can't you know that's i can't see that happening now Annie Brown, uh-huh. who was on the BBC Breakfast News this morning uh-huh. and went and came with us to, to, the, to the recording last night, to the listing last night, she uh, looked it up for us because we were all getting muddled about who actually owns Blossom Hill and it's Usha. What? Usha, she, when she Googled it, it, it said, because Rob is renting, Rob and Jess moved into Blossom Hill at first, didn't they? Yes. And then Jess went, Helen moved in, and Usha owns Blossom Hill, and Usha's renting it to Rob. Okay, I got completely confused. What is, what did Helen, sorry, what did Peggy bequeath to Helen? Oh. Where Peggy lives. I think that's where everyone's getting muddled. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So does, will, will Usha, because if I was Usha, I'd chuck him out. But then you don't want to upset Henry, do you? Where's Henry supposed to go? True that. Mm. Mm. Then she said, who gets custody of Henry? And I thought, let's not talk about custard. Anyway, Claire (laughs) Howard is next. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Hertfordshire. Um, Just ringing in. I'm going to make it super quick because I know how many people you're going to have calling in. I am so ecstatically happy about the verdict. and Thank God that is now over. I don't think I could vote had Helen gone to prison um, or been found guilty. I did think that she was going to get found guilty of winning with intent and then maybe given a suspended sentence um, due to the mitigating factors of rape, etc, etc. So now I guess we know why it's going to go on for a bit longer because we're now going to have the problem with Rob and getting rid of him. I really hope he now faces charges for rape and coercive control. Um, I hope they find Stefan um, and find out all his other dastardly deeds and most importantly get those 
get the children off him. This is going to be quite horrific again, I think, for the next little while. But uh, hopefully we've broken the back of the worst of it. Wounding with intent, she thought. Suspended sentence. That, I think, would probably have been slightly more realistic uh, than this. Yes, you're completely off the hook. Well done. Ta-ra. Um, but she said, better than I hoped for. Yes, I know. It was It was. It was lovelily awesome, if if a bit uh, far-fetched that, that all this would happen. But I'm just glad. And I feel that the tension now feels to have dissipated because, although obviously I would prefer it if Rob was backed over slowly by a tipper truck, I think it's <laughs> the fact that now it's all out in the open and we don't know any more than anyone else does. Nobody's got any illusions anymore about Rob and he can't, carry on conning people anymore that's what i feel relieved about everybody knows now that he's a shit and that's great yep yep all right i'll tell you the one voice which we didn't get at all last week which would have added um quite susan no not susan we're gonna have susan in spades this week moving on (laughs) ursula Yes! It would have been really interesting to hear Helen's testimony and Jess's and her reaction to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I'm sure she's a lie back and think of England woman, isn't she? You know, men have needs, dear. You just have to, you know. But considering that we got Bruce and mm. his bellicoseness, mm. right, and we know that he's been brutalizing his uh, wife uh, emotionally physically for you know a cent- half a century and, and and more it would have been interesting to have the other side from ursula yeah yeah i agree i agree but i guess that's all to come isn't it don't know loose <laughs> you're all depressed now aren't you <laughs> no it's not that I'm, I'm depressed i i just We've been served up with with great writing, great drama, and there is the there's the fanboy in me, which is the Archers fan, which is like, oh, that that was brilliant. Then there is the person that loves media and how these things are plotted and kind of put together, and the two bits of, of, of my brain are somewhat slightly in conflict yeah. here, and I'm just seeing there were, there were missed opportunities if you're going to go down this road um, because the writers. Let's forget the writers. Sean O'Connor dictated some months ago that we needed to understand Rob's domestic situation yeah. to see where he ended up. Not to not to excuse him, but just so you understood. Because mm. why the hell did we have Bruce and Ursula come into yeah. this thing in any yeah. meaningful way? So if you're going to do that, continue to do it. Yeah. If you're going to have his father in the courtroom spouting, well then... Yeah, what? you're right. And also, because didn't Ursula say... that um, uh, Rob said that Ursula had always really liked Jessica. Jess. Exactly. So would she not now be horrified to hear that her husband had been... Uh, that her son had been raping her? Absolutely. It's just... I couldn't write this thing. Trust me, you know, I couldn't write this thing. As you know, Lucy, I'm a functioning dyslexic, right? I couldn't plot this thing. But there the were beats which were missed. Mm. You know, if you're going to look at um, 
abused women. We we all know that Ursula is an abused woman. Mm. Just they'd missed a trick in just having her say two or three lines, even if it's yeah. just the odd gasp. Yeah. How could you say that about my about my Robert? Blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Would have spoke yeah. volumes. Hang on. Was she in the courtroom? Or was she at home looking after Henry? You know what? That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but. And actually, Bruce did say at some point, didn't he? That he, 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 You know what? It's a fair point. And Bruce did actually say to Shula at one point that that's where she was. But still, right? But still. No, no, no. My point fundamentally, fundamentally remains. Because when the testimony of Helen came out, that was one Tuesday wouldn't they have then trotted back home at one point and said, M- you know, mum, you won't believe what she said? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, Ursula was not in the courtroom, point taken. But still, she could have been an integral part of understanding um, an abused woman of some 50, 60 years worth of standing over an abused woman of some two and a half years worth of standing as well. Yes, yes, yes. Right, next. Uh... Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumb Stomach. Yokel Bear here, calling from Yokelshire, where there are celebrations in the street because justice has been done. Helen is free, and oh my, what a roller coaster! What a journey it's been. The hour-long special. How nerve-wracking was that? I just, I was in bits. I was in bits before the end of the um the opening music. And God, I felt so many different emotions at different times during it. It was. I got to say it was awesome. But one thing really struck me tonight and it struck me a lot is how much of a community there is around the archers. And I think one thing that's been important during this story as as important as kind of the awareness and the money being raised is that there's this fantastic community of archers listeners and I know a lot of people you know from what I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and what have you people that are part of that community have been through what's hell what helen's been through and i think if nothing else this community that we're part of this awesome community of archers listeners i think we all supported each other and i'd like to think that just by being on twitter and interacting with each other and talking to each other we've really kind of helped as well but also as well i don't know any other soap sorry i don't know any other docudrama that has a community like this around it and i'm just really proud to be part of it and i'm really happy to know all of you that are part of this community maybe i'm just getting a bit emotional maybe i need to go and pour myself a glass of wine i don't know goodbye I don't need to add anything to that but the bit I especially loved about Yokel Bear's call was the little woo that he did it was very (laughs) very sweet and I've been doing that every now and again when I remember today just going woo Auntie Jean two different calls this is stop clicking my field Uh, two different calls this is um, that we need to stick together hello Auntie Jean here again Um, it's Thursday evening it's about quarter past six and I'm just ringing in to do a prediction it will be not guilty on Sunday Um, that's how I feel it is going and I'm keeping everything crossed which is making walking difficult but there you go 
the sh- shenanigans with the tweeting juror was just to so that we could have a Thursday straight Friday night cliffhanger and to be honest wasn't needed at all but there you go um that was all I wanted to say really just a a quick prediction so you can all say how brilliant I am when it all comes true and a very quick shout out again anybody who wants to come on Thursday the 15th of December around at lunchtime in London uh to a lunch there's about five or six of us going at the moment but you are welcome I'm at r 61 on the Twitters um please as soon as you can let me know because i'm gonna have to book a table pretty soon it being near christmas thank you speak to you soon bye (coughs) hello auntie jean here i'm just ringing up to gloat really because i predicted this um so we've got not guilty on both counts she's at home we've got to look forward to rob battling to get jack and helen battling to get henry but who cares because for the moment it's okay thank the lord Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Auntie Jean felt that the cliffhanger with the tweeting juror was massively unnecessary. So did I. I thought that was absolutely stupid. Right. Now, I don't feel like I've taken my normal energy and kind of brio into this episode, Luce, because I feel there are weighty things for me to, to pontificate on. Right. Could you Can... speed up with the pontificating? Because I've got to get the dinner on. <laughs> <laughs> Now, considering all the weighty issues of last week, yes, this is absolutely a drama. And they just slapped it in our face that actually they're paying this thing for ratings. If you wanted the plot twist and whether it's a nod and a wink to us on social media, which it probably was, don't do it. In a ham-fisted, I would yeah. say, somewhat tacky way of doing it. And then the end say, oh, of we the might episode. have to run the whole style again, and we're exactly. all like, "Oh, piss off! No, we're not." You know, that, if you're going to do that, do it in the yeah. middle of the episode and then resolve it. And then, yeah. yes, it's a nice little nod and wink to everybody on social media who's tweeting. Don't yeah. do it as yeah. some third-rate hackneyed uh, cliffhanger, which yeah. is some 1930s serial. You know, yeah. like, like and then Flash they woke Gordon. up and it was all a dream. Yes. You know, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Nosilla, this is. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Nosilla here. I haven't phoned in for an awfully long time, um, mainly because everybody else says what I want to say in a much more um, concise and um, appropriate form than I can. But I just felt that I had to phone in this week um, to say um, congratulations to everybody on the brilliant acting on the whole with the exception of pat sometimes um on this week's um episodes of the archers just when you thought that rob couldn't impact on you anymore and you couldn't hate him any more than you do he comes out with something else that just makes you want to murder him all over again um and he only has to open his mouth these days and i just i've had enough um, I also wanted to say congratulations to um, Louisa Petikas. Um, her portrayal of Helen this week has been um, heartbreaking in many respects, um, as I'm sure lots of other people will have said. Each time she's admitted, I've listened three times now to the episode where she admitted um, she admits the rapes, um, and that's rapes plural. My heart breaks for her, and I'm not ashamed to say that I've cried every single time that I've heard that. Um, not not just for Helen, but 
because that is the reality for all the real-life Helens that are out there. Um, And I think, in a way, that's why this storyline has been really important. It's about the real Helens. Um, And I think that brings me on to my second point, which is that I am feeling increasingly manipulated at the moment. I haven't listened to the hour-long Sunday episode yet, but it will do soon. Um, And I have a horrible sneaking suspicion that that is going to take things on to an appeal for Helen. Um, I've had enough. I I want this storyline to come to an end. Um, And that's not because I'm naive and because I just like happy endings, although I might happen to. I just feel that I need now, we all now need a return to the old archers, the flower and produce show, the single wicket, and the ridiculous lead-up that we have to every single Christmas panto. I have think as I've said before I think this storyline has been incredibly important um and I think they've done it very very well but I've had enough now I want my uh, old archers back I if I want gritty drama on a long-term basis I can turn on my tv set and watch one of the tv soaps that's not why I listen to the archers um and I, um, I'm, I'm nostalgic for my old arches now, and I want it back. Anyway, um, let's see what happens after tonight. Um, my love to everybody out in Dumpty Dum land, all the arches listeners, and let's hope that things turn out the way that they should. She says the acting was brilliant. I agree. Um, I thought the jury acting was shocking. I thought that the acting of Rob and particularly Helen, was bloody amazing. And and again, and again, um, we have to say this, because I know Timothy Watson gets all the plaudits, but Louisa, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. if you are listening, you are amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know... But you hear the exhaustion in... Mind you, she's probably been recording this for so long, she probably was genuinely exhausted, but you could be exhausted <laughs> in her voice when she was being cross-questioned. And she would sort of go, yes, no! It's, you know, it's sort of that... Slightly tearful, slightly, oh, just leave me alone. I I thought she was great. Really, really good. Mm, I wonder, I wonder, wonder, wonder whether when Sean O'Connor came into writing, uh, plotting the Archers, editing the Archers, whether he initially had this storyline up his sleeve and whether it was working with Louisa and he realised what, an amazing actress she actually is and then the the complexity of her backstory which kind of led him to do this because we know that when rob the character rob was written into this they didn't have this in mind they just realized he was such an amazing actor yeah you know and and he kind of developed from there so i wonder if a similar thing hasn't actually happened with her because she absolutely is amazing she is amazing Hi, it's Whispered City. I've been listening to the trial, and as you might imagine, there are things that um, displeased me greatly. And I'll try and keep this brief um, and try and limit myself to no more than two minutes. I can set out my main concerns as follows. Firstly, the advocates were appalling. They lost control of their witnesses and asked leading questions which would not be allowed. I was not at all surprised that we had a surprise witness. And we had a surprise revelation on the witness stand from Helen. I wasn't even surprised that there was a risk to the trial continuing because of the actions of a foolish juror. All of this made for 
absolutely scintillating drama. I can't deny it, but it was utter nonsense and um, just rubbish. And most of my other concerns I set out on the forum. I'm quite happy to answer people's questions in writing, <laughs> even though it's taken a lot of time and this is not what I do. I'm not a criminal advocate, but um, I've, I've chatted to one or two people and they say that this is obviously very good drama, but procedurally so wrong. Um, I don't need to give this any more thought. Uh, it's It's just stupid, but it's entertaining stupidness and I'm going to stick with it. Miss Mid-City says it's procedurally all wrong. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It went on long enough, even being procedurally all wrong. How much longer would it have been if it had been procedurally all right? But anyway, the, thank you very much, Miss Mid-City. She's, uh, she's answering everybody's legal questions on the forum. Mm. So people are saying, so how come, so what? Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is happening then. How come if he says that, what happens then? What does that mean? And she's been on there for ages answering it. So thank you very much, Miss Bitsity. That's very kind of you. <gasps> now, what we haven't talked about, but Jackie does. Jackie, the Nordic walk trainer. She walks in a Nordic fashion. <laughs> Hello, Lucy Royfield and Dumpty Dummers around the world. This is Jackie from Wimbledon via Yorkshire. I am a first-time caller in, in era, And I guess my Archer's Vintage is Ruth because I started listening um, sometime shortly before David and Ruth got married. Um, I can't remember any other characters who came in around that time, so I, I guess I'm a Ruth, sadly. Uh, I'm on the Twitters as Stride Outdoors. That relates directly to my job. I'm a Nordic walking instructor, which I can't think would be very relevant in Ambridge, but I'm sure I could lead some lovely Nordic walks around the countryside of Borsetshire. 
Anyway, there's lots to be said about the trial this week, which I think has been fantastic, really gripping. And I came down this morning to see my husband listening to the omnibus, the entire omnibus. He normally comes out in an allergic reaction when he hears the theme tune, so that was amazing. Anyway, the bit I want to pick up on is Ian and how devastating it must have been to him to hear the stuff about Adam come out in court. He wouldn't have been expecting it, is my guess. Um, Nobody else mentioned it during the week, which I guess is fair enough because there was lots of other stuff going on. But I think the consequences are just going to be seismic for Adam and Ian. And my plot prediction is that Charlie will return from Scotland to take over the job that Rob thought he was going to get because Justin can't possibly employ Rob after all the stuff that's come out this week. And that Adam will end up with Charlie and sadly I think Ian will leave Ambridge which I think is a real shame but that's my plot prediction I am just about within my two minutes bye uh Ian Uh. devastated to have heard the stuff about Adam coming out in court just delivered sort of straight down the line unemotionally um she predicts Charlie will come back Rob will be fired Charlie will go off with Adam Ian will leave I think Charlie's got to come back. I, do, I don't think we've seen the last of him. Um, I think, and I cannot see that um, Justin is going to continue with this job offer to Rob when Rob's been accused of rape by two separate women. You wouldn't have thought so, would you? I mean, he'll think he'll still carry on. I mean, as far as he's concerned, he'll just say, well, she, you know, she got off on some sort of, she just lied to the jury, got off on some technicality, turned on the waterworks. But, you know, it's just my my misfortune to have hooked up with two hysterical women. You know what they're like. Fortunately, it won't be like that with my next one, i.e. Charlotte. Well, we do know that there are too many um, loose threads in terms of storylines. And if Rob is going to be, if we take the... The fact that he is Gideon Jack's father to one side and Henry's custody battle to, you know, also put that to one side. There's the various goings on at um, when he was working underneath Charlie. There's the culvert. There's the, you know, the this, the that. There's probably about four other things of which he's been a shit and a bastard and just shafted people about of which need to come out in the wash. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, with a spoon. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. It's Saturday afternoon, and I can't call her in tomorrow after the Archer's special broadcast because we'll be on the road. I'm sure many of you will be delaying your reactions until then, so I'll share my thoughts of the past week pre-verdict. First, a major clap of both hands to the scriptwriters. It was a gripping week and far exceeded my expectations for how it could all be portrayed. First, I was a bit frustrated by Rob's initial testimony, but then I got into the rhythm of the trial. Highlights? Helen's moment of remembering and revealing the rape stood atop, but also Jess's emotional testimony? Ian publicly being confronted with Adam's infidelity by an ambivalent prosecutor, Shula's strange and uncomfortable appearance, Bruce's bizarre outburst, and the family's reactions, especially when Johnny, the new beating heart of the clan, joined them. I didn't like so much the gallery talking over the testimony. We were all collectively yelling at them to shut up. 
My only disappointment, much to my surprise, was how quickly it all went and the sense that we missed important testimony. But I guess it's difficult to distill six hours into 13 minutes. I would also like to give a major shout-out to the community of listeners, and especially those who participated in the post-show tweet-alongs after each episode. I had made sure to clear my schedule to listen live daily, and it was great to share my immediate reactions with so many Dumpty Dummers. What will be the outcome? As I tweeted earlier today, won't at least a few jurors be moved and convinced by Helen and Jess's testimony and stand firm for acquittal? Will I be in tears listening to this Dumpty Dum or be celebrating with you all? I certainly hope for the latter. So next week, we'll be talking to you from Provincetown, Massachusetts, where Angus, handsome husband, and I will be for two weeks while our kitchen at home is gutted and renovated. One final question. Should we buy a new knife set? He thought it went quickly this week. I got very, very muddled. It was a bit like the gap between Christmas and New Year. I didn't know which (laughs) day I was on at all. I kept thinking, hang on, are we still there? Is this the next day? Has Pat, where's Pat? Has Pat gone back yet? What's going on? Um, So I completely lost track of which day, how long the trial went on for in total. Was it supposed to be over the course of a week or was it like a few days? I've no idea, to be honest with you. Uh. Absolutely anyway, no idea. You you'd have thought a trial of this magnitude is going to be more than a couple of days. You'd have thought. You yeah, know. but I suppose I mean, yeah. But you know, was it they took two and a half hours to decide over two and a half hours, but just over two and a half hours to the jury, didn't they, to to decide? Mm. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm wildly speculating. I don't know. I've never stepped foot in a courthouse in my life. Never done. I jury take service. I take longer than that to choose slippers. The idea that... You have more than one pair of slippers. <laughs> no, I only have one, but it's a very special purchase when I do make them. Uh... Yeah. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it is Sarah Brown here. I think you're going to get millions of calls, millions of calls after uh, eight o'clock on Sunday evening. So I'm calling you now at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon, which is our kind of, you know, rest day, isn't it, from the archers, um, to say how excited I am about it and how I'm planning to be in the kitchen listening from seven till eight tomorrow evening and shushing cats, husbands, children, anybody else who happens to turn up um, will be sent out of the room forcibly if necessary. I do think it is terribly exciting. I think the idea of a a stellar cast of uh, jurors is really rather brilliant. And I do think let's just consider how we might return to the safe place we've all been in for the last, in my case, 50-odd years um, of listening where we talked about cows and set aside when that was around and milk yields and stuff. How do we go back to that uh, rather sort of bucolic, cosy atmosphere? Do you know, I think, I think we can because really, do we not all know that the stuff of life is the everyday domestic toil um occasionally highlighting some really rather darker sides of human nature i think we'll get there so anyway i i might call you depending on how passionate and ignored i am here at eight o'clock tomorrow evening but otherwise i shall leave it to others to give us their responses i've absolutely adored making chums with people on twitter and with you about um the archers, I just have a feeling that there's a whole crowd of us all 
linking across the nation in um, support of you and of the stories. Um, I do love it. Okay. Sarah Brown says, how are we going to go back to cows and set aside after this? Uh, With great happiness and joy in our hearts, hopefully. (laughs) And can I just say, whenever this woman calls in, I can just listen to her voice 24-7. Why don't you call in more often? Because she's too busy shushing everybody. Like she said, she has to tell the the cat to shush and the husband to shush and the children to shush and she needs some time. That's what's (laughs) missing, you see. Good morning, Dumpty Dum. It's Steve here. Hope you're all well. Uh, Just taking the... Dumpty Dog for a walk. Her name's Ruby, but I call her the shit machine. A couple of things. Been a, quite a, a harrowing week. Um, there's two things, really, that are pressing in my mind. One is the total meltdown of uh, Pat. She's normally a very strong character, but she's totally gone to pieces throughout this whole ordeal. When she was in her militant feminist phase, I'm sure she would have been on demos and would have had advice on how to um, deal with the police, but that went straight out of the window due at the start of this thing is when she basically became a prosecution witness by going to the police and offering evidence. On Friday's episode, she had a total meltdown, and it's been a chump of a husband <laughs> being the strong one. Um, it just seems a bit out of character, but I can understand how people feel in that situation, I think. The second bit is some of Throb's evidence. I'm sure some of your eagle-eyed or eagle-eared listeners would have picked this up. When he was giving evidence, he was discussing Jess, and he made a very telling phrase called, we took precautions. Now, I took that to mean that while he was with Helen, he was still sleeping or perhaps raping Jess still, and I'm surprised that Toboggan didn't pick it up. Um, but anyway, I await the verdict. I haven't got to Sunday's episode yet. That's all from me. See you all. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. Mwah. Love you. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. Steve, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, bye bye, Steve says, mm. Pat. Pat would have known how to deal with the police because she's been on loads of marches and, you know, she's against the man, isn't she? But I think it's different when it's your own child. And I think you just go to pieces. And she just didn't because she was so surprised. If you've just trashed a GM crop, you are fairly certain that the police are going to come and knock on your door and go, Oi, you, you know that crop. Was that you? And you go, yes, Ossifer. That's fine. Mm. But when something just absolutely appears out of the clear blue sky, like it did to, to the you know to Pat when, when she stabbed Rob, then you can see why Pat would have just completely panicked and not dealt with it at all well and not remembered and she lost completely that that feeling of um uh of 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 defensiveness and and sort of attack that she used to have and Mm. she just sort of kept crumpled completely but then you know hopefully none of us will ever be in that position to find out what it feels like but yeah Mm. i do have sympathy with her and uh, no uh completely completely you know, this is your your child who you know his life is kind of on on the line, as opposed to you defending yourself and your rights, etc. And it, you know, it's completely understandable that you know you uh, 
your your emotions come to the fore first as opposed to your kind of logical kind of rational brain you know and i thought it was really heartwarming and i know there is some there's one person on twitter that thought that it was wrong but you know tony said oh you are my little girl you know you're back i'm going to look after you You oh god I, i lost it then completely but there was there was somebody on Twitter who says you know no she's a woman and she's a strong woman it's like oh, for sake. no exactly exactly when she will always the... be yeah, his little yeah, girl yeah, and that's yeah. nothing you know let's take the patriarchy and misogyny yeah. to one side this is just yeah. pure human you'd have said it about emotion. Tom you'd have said exactly you would have said my little yeah. boy exactly yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> Lady Garth Garth she's had it with Shula well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think Shula being Shula is, is punishment enough, really. She just Shula has to live with Shula all the time. You know, um, Lucy, can I what? just say, just in the way that I think Sean O'Connor has been in love with the character of Helen and has developed and taken the strands of her being whatever, you, you know, some people might say emotionally, a little bit brittle, whatever, just whatever, whatever, whatever. And you so masterfully said that she's a modern woman who actually has ideas of perfection and she kind of tame them and the anxiety around that. I forget exactly how you said this some, some podcast ago, but you really summed up really, really well. I think Sean O'Connor just hates Shula. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the meat paste, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the sackcloth and ashes around the, the hunt stuff. And I've got to say, Mr O'Connor, you've played a blinder with this. And... Though I didn't quite believe that a family member of hers that would be up for attempted murder, that she would sit down next to the father of, uh, you know, of Rob Titchener. I didn't quite believe that. But still, you know, even that she's done wrong as well. You know, and, and she wraps herself up in this sanctimonious uh, kind of cloth of Christianity as well. So Sean O'Connor, just like every other art as a listener, you hate Shula Hebden Lloyd too. So well done to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and Goddess Diva's lovely call, which really made me laugh. At last, Helen is coming home. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. It's Goddess Diva here, overjoyed and over the moon at the verdict tonight. They're a proper sweaty adrenaline mess and about to have strawberry trifle for dinner because I can't do solid food. Um, thank you. wanted to also say thank you to everybody who has held everybody's hands. I say this all the time, but it's never been more important than tonight. Everybody was holding hands. Everybody was being supportive. The Dumpty Dum and the Archers family did their thing again. Um, as far as the case is now concerned, now the the um, thing has got to be on getting Henry home and making sure that Helen doesn't fall prey to Rob's advances. That was just the creepiest thing ever. I still can't take my eyes off you. Well, you can take them off her if I turn up and stab them with a knife so you can't see. Then maybe I'll chop your hands off, and then maybe I'll chop your feet off, and then maybe I'll make you eat your own dick. And no, I don't think any of that's over the top. I think I'm being quite restrained for me. Anywho, the right thing happened. The right verdict was reached, and um, totally shipping Jackie with Carol Toboggan. That's all I'm saying. I think, like, them two in the house together, I'm, I'm just thinking they could they could 
feed weed to Jenny Darling and Jill and they could have mad Sussex angst over who was using the Zimmer frame next. Right, all right, I love you loads. I'm going to go eat my trifle and calm down a bit, I think. Love you loads, loads and loads and loads, everybody, Dumpty Dum family. Oh, and well done, Paul Truman, £150,000. You cannot believe how fucking over the moon I am. For all of us who were Helens, for all of us who are Helens, for all of us who were ever in danger of being Helens or could be future Helens, Thank everybody, because you're all just brilliant. Righto, got his people out. Bye. She's overtired and overexcited. <laughs> and eating trifle. Yay. Goddess Diva has been a, a stalwart throughout this um, this storyline. I think it's affected her incredibly deeply, and she's really sort of been good at, at rallying the troops and noticing other people who aren't coping with it very well and all that, and it's just been... As Yoko Bear said, and Goddess Diva said, and um, Sarah Brown said, Sarah Brown said, sorry, it's it's kind of we have all sort of oh, we have all it's it, yeah we've we've all sort of helped each other limp through this I think and um, that's been that's made it all bearable so thank you very much everybody. Um, also, can I just say to to the goddess, um, thank you for your little tweet about the show which I put out with the Rape Crisis Counselor. Um, And, you know, she put hashtag survivor. Um, As I kind of said in my intro, I did that show obviously to serve the purposes of trying to understand uh, the devastation that can be wrought upon women uh, through rape, but also for somebody who's very close to me, also who's also a survivor also. So thank you for that, Goddess. Thank you for... Um, saying that you enjoyed the show. Hi, it's Rachel Louise here at Tani Ray Ray on Twitter, calling in after listening to the excellent um, short additional Dumpty Dum around rape. In my work, I, I work with teenagers and, and children who engage in harmful sexual behaviour and teenagers who are at risk of sexual exploitation. And something that um, is very clear to me when it comes to rape culture is that we have uh, very fixed views in the UK about what rape is. It, is, it isn't um, something that happens within a relationship. It is something that happens um, violently by a stranger in, in a dark alley, for example. Um, and we've got very confused ideas about what consent is, very poor idea about what consent is. I also do some work with adults uh, and, and parents of children. Um, and only only on Wednesday did I have to sort of explained to, to, to a woman that what had been happening within her intimate relationship, previous intimate relationship was rape because no wasn't an option. Um, we need to make it clear that consent, it can only be freely given. If saying no isn't okay, it's rape. It's really important that we push for sex and relationship education in school. This is the beginning of how we can start to address our rape culture. Good afternoon, Lucy, Royfield, and all Dumpty Dummers out there in Archer's Land. Uh, this is Andrew White calling from Portland, Maine. Been a while since I've called in. A white PWM on the Twitters. I just listened to the special episode regarding uh, statistics on domestic violence and rape, and what a wonderful um, public service 
message that was. Thanks so much for doing that. Um, on to more um, prosaic things. I wanted to submit uh, a name for uh, a possible consideration for the Honorable uh, John Archer. Um, that is my husband, John, who is a John Degon. Um, and third, uh, if I've understood the rules of the game correctly, I believe I'm a Charlie Thomas uh, in terms of my uh, archersness. That is the character that was getting a lot of play uh, when I first started listening. Thanks for all you do. What a wonderful opportunity to listen and to be part of this community. And uh, Take care. Hello there. This is a first-time caller and the actual first-time listener. I didn't even know that your podcast existed until earlier this morning, and now I've listened to about three of them. So I've listened to about six hours of... And you're both very dynamic and beautiful people. Um, I'm a gardener. I work with two dogs. I work with Monty and Rosie, and... Uh, I can't say they're very, you know, um, I don't know, enamoured by, by your voices, your tones, but but I certainly am, so well done. I'm a huge, huge Archers fan. As I work on my own in South London gardening, I have only my own little world. So I literally, I don't know any other Archers fans, except for maybe Bex in Brighton. And whenever we get together, we talk exactly how you guys talk. So it's very strange. So yeah, my... When I first started listening to The Archers, I guess my thing would have been uh, Elizabeth, I think, had recently lost Nigel, and uh, her son, oh God, I've forgotten his name now, was, was, was acting up. But then I think when I really started to get interested was when, obviously, when Rob first appeared. Uh, there's probably a billion other things I need to talk about. Now we have an email. We have two emails, actually. Uh, we have Olivia, who said... It's all over. Helen is returning to her rightful home, surrounded by those who love her for who she is. I am relieved, went through a whole range of emotions, anger at the jurors, proper tears at the verdict, fear and hatred when Tichinob came on and sheer relation when Helen fought back and then returned to her true home. She said she spent most of the trial going, who's that voice? Um, but she was trying to focus on making dinner while she was listening. That turned out all right. But when Custard Gate happened, she had to scrape, scrape porridge out of the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, and she said she can't she keep because she used to keep swearing at the omnibus on when it was on on Sunday she'd play it in the evenings and she swore at it but now her little boy is on the cusp of talking so she's had to stop listening to it <laughs> because she can't now swear in front of him in case he then repeats it back again mm. um, and she is uh, she, you know the, uh, the, the 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 what character do you associate with sort of thing? Yes. She's an Istikar, and she said Lizzie should really stop declining all these eligible bachelors. She hasn't declined um, Richard Locke, has she? Nah, she just said she said put it on the back burner yeah, just... for the next ten minutes and then try me again. Yeah. So yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she just uh, says that... just just calm your jets for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we've we've got a lovely bit of modern poetry poetry here yeah. from jake smallwood i love this no this really made me laugh it's quite john not john hegley i don't know who it is really. um it's uh it's his pre-trial poem mm-hmm. here is my poem pre-trial trying to make my beloved understand who does not listen to the archers why i might be a bit upset about a mythical place tuna casserole it's called mm-hmm. i have deceived you my love our story is only one of many that i cannot tell you about they are the twisted and beautiful tales I cannot even make you catch up. It is called The Archers, and tonight I will be lost to you for one hour. 
but it may be a bit longer if she goes down. Now I think I understand why men get cross at football teams losing. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I felt like last night. I thought this is what people feel like when their favourite player goes or they miss the they don't score at the vital moment or England loses or any of those things I don't care about this is what it felt like the tension of are they actually going to do it and I thought this is what it feels like to be a sport person I thought true um by the way Birmingham City are fourth in the championship right now Lucy who is that good that's very good. Consi- considering, I think we're technically bankrupt and uh, we don't really buy any players and we've just been a selling club for about the last four years since we got relegated. Gary Rowett is an absolute genius. Absolute genius. Um, can I just quickly say yes. that um, I think it was last Wednesday um, I had the most enjoyable uh, beer or three with a very thirsty um, dum-de-dum listener uh, who goes by the name of Robert Wilson, who tweeted me... Ah! Naked fingers he is, isn't he? Exactly. Now, he's a very interesting uh, gentleman. He's a sceptic, and uh, he listens to all these sceptic podcasts. But anyway, he tweeted me, and... Well, he tweeted... Well, he did tweet me. But he did it in a very clever way. He said, I'm in San Francisco. I wonder if I'll bump into Royfield whilst I'm wandering around. So, of course, I went, oh, hello. OK, <laughs> let's arrange a bumping in. So we had about four quick jars in a pub just off Market Street. Uh, I, th- I think we're, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed each other's company. And um, he said so many lovely things about you, Lucy. And about um, just the fact that um, listening to a podcast can be an intensely personal experience and that he thought we, you know, we were his friends, you know, because Aww. we're with him, Aww. you know, we travel yeah. with him when he's doing yeah. various things, you know, and, and, you know, we've been his constant companions as well as other podcasts that he listens to as well. Um, and that um, he enjoyed our company. And, you know, he said to me, and we sat down at this bar and he says, Royfield, this feels somewhat lopsided. I know loads about you. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't thought about it. I thought, oh, yeah, you do actually, don't you? <laughs> you know. But anyway, Robert, um, he's off to Yosemite. He's probably there right now uh, listening to us in, in, in his earbuds. Um, he's going on. A, he's going to Chicago to see some friends and then he's kind of travelling around to Yosemite and, and other bits and pieces. So, Robert, um, let's catch up and have a drink again soon. Uh, shall we have a little bit of Millie Bell now? Why not? Good day, everyone. I'm going to give you a very quick roundup, a very brief roundup this week, because it's gone absolutely ballistic on both sides with um, us all having so much to discuss about the trial. Uh, Lady Garthgarth started a discussion on our forums about lack of sleep. Multi Rose talked, is talking about timeline. Uh, Ibn Battuta, the trial. Catherine Jago says that Witherspoon was right. And Julie Harvey says, Foofing, yes, go Ian. And I guess the difference between the forums and the Facebook page is that the forums tend to be ongoing. Facebook is short and sweet. On Facebook, we started by uh, discussing, uh, by asking just, and this was on the Tuesday, I think, what the thoughts on the trial thus far were. And what was really interesting was that the people who responded were less. Uh, commenting on the trial so much as the whispering and I must admit that drove me crazy 
I'm not sure in our courts in Australia whether you would be allowed to whisper so much. You're expected to be quiet and uh, be respectful of the process. But I mean, I guess this was poetic li- license. Jodie's Pope said she wasn't happy with the, all the whispering. For one, it's annoying. I know I'm not missing anything, but I feel like I am. If I was the judge, I would be having a stern word. Also, I know the defence side are distressed, but we are British and it's not polite. Stop it now. Mark Evidence said, I know I'm going to help saying this, but even amongst the high drama of the trial and all the emotions, Henry still annoyed the tits off me. I'm sorry to hear about your lost tits, Mark Evidence. We also discussed when the rape was mentioned and the fact that we could all stop holding our breath now. Rachel Louise said, oh God, it was hard listening. Excellent acting, excellent writing. I cried and a large part of that was relief, as it now feels like she might not face prison. Rachel also pointed out that Winspoon called this undumpty-dum. Julian Parker said, Hubby and I were sat in the car outside Friends House to hear it all. Had I been at home, think I would have cried, but I didn't. Then when in the Friends House, she then told me she met Anna Toboggan all but briefly down on the casualty set. She was meeting her partner, who is in said drama. Joe Jackson was crying in the kitchen. I was so moved. I don't want the kids listening to the omnibus. I think it's too upsetting. Many more in that vein. Uh, the rape really did affect a lot of people, didn't it? Um, and I think it was just kind of a relief because we knew and they didn't. Uh, we also asked, I was a bit surprised when uh, Pat ran into Ursula in the same waiting room and I wasn't sure what the protocol was on that. I thought it seemed very unkind and at the very least thoughtless. Uh, Cormac Patil pointed out to me that they're not opposing witnesses officially to both prosecution, which of course I'd forgotten. It was just a sort of delicious oversight that happens all the time. Diane Telford said, I assumed it wasn't one of the waiting rooms as they keep people apart. I had an escort when I was a witness in court. The support was good from the court support service. They were making sure us witnesses didn't discuss the case. However, they are both prosecution witnesses. And I must admit, I think in our courts, especially for major trials, I think the Salvation Army provide a support service, so you usually do have someone with you. So I agree that it seemed um, a bit unlikely that they would just be there on their own and no one caring, I guess. Uh, so anyway, lots more in the vein that it was uh, they were actually uh, both for the prosecution, which has skipped my mind. I apologise. Uh, Royfield put up a fantastic remix of the beginning of the trial. If you haven't uh, had a chance to listen to it, you really must go. It's very, very clever, and we have that on the Dumpty Down Facebook page. And we also asked uh, after the tweeting if one of the fabulous legal experts could let us know what the options are. And that was me being really greedy because I didn't want to wait till the next day. Anthony Ogden, Anthony or Anthony Ogden said, "My head is throbbing with this development. This case falls apart because of the jurors' actions. It seems possible that the testimony so far may result in a criminal case against Rob." I do teach legal studies in Australia, and I'm very confident that as it played out is what would have happened um, here too. But uh, I'm also very confident that the offending juror would be done for contempt of court and quite right too. That was just appalling. I also think it's highly unlikely that anybody would have said something so blatantly defamatory and got caught so quickly. But hey, that's just me. Can we do tweets of the week now? Uh, yes, please. Jojo Sexy Heels. Bruce prayed he'd seen the last of Jess. She's living a mile down the road, you short-sighted bigot. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that. Why the bloody hell would she carry on 
living somewhere next to a man who repeatedly raped her. The parents of a man, you know, who mm. who who was was you know, and then and then he said, "Oh, I thought I'd see the last of her." And literally, as Jojo says, she's living a mile away. Anyway, um, you know, when they stopped the trial because of the tweeting, yes, Hinge Zandal said, "It also appears another of the jurors has phoned in to Dumpty Dum." <laughs> <laughs> now, talk about the fourth wall. That would have gone through the fourth wall turned around and smashed it with a mallet uh, um now i really like this one thomas grant mm-hmm. before the archers tonight the last time the nation crowded round the wireless in such a unanimity oh for- i knew i wouldn't be able to say that before the archers tonight the last time the nation crowded round the wireless in such a unanimity of loathing was listening to lord haw haw <laughs> <laughs> Full bloody marks for getting the phrase unanimity of loathing into a tweet. Um, then that we were moaning about the um, the uh, uh, irritating um, uh, all the whispering and muttering and, and strange noises from the from the um, spectators gallery, whatever it's called. Uh, and uh, Chris W said, "Oh, it was Peggy. She dozed off and thought she was at the Felpersham Playhouse." <laughs> <laughs> and uh the last tweet of the week is appropriately enough what do you mean the last tweet of the week i mean are we putting this okay good let me confuse for a second sorry tweet of the week Mm. is appropriately goddess diva uh who when the tweet was read out about helen being a man-hating leser she said oh man-hating lezers is the name of my punk band And we have an add-on mm. tweet of the sort of week, which is you know we're trying to um, uh, we're trying to separate people out into whether they're a you know a, 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 a iftikar or whatever when they came in. And uh, B twelve Simon said, "I'm relatively recent. I'm a digester." <laughs> <laughs> I did it's see romantic. that. I thought that was. I don't think you should refer to yourself as a digester. It's deeply, deeply unpleasant. Mm. Anyway, so that's it. That's it. I'm going back to dinner now. Cool, so we've done that, and then we'll just cut in Millie Bell. And then um, I'm going to say something like this. Um, This week, uh, folks, you have been sending through pictures of your pooches, your moggies, and even your dumdy diddlers. Uh, onto us on uh, on the Twitters, and um, I'm going to give you a roll call of all the Dumbly Dogs, Dumbly Mogs, and the Dumbly Diddler next week. Very obviously, can't do it this week because it'll go because this show is long enough anyway. But if you've nominated your your pooch, your pet as a Dumbly thingy, uh, you will get your <laughs> moment on the podcasting sun next week thank you very much please Um, and thank you all as well for trying your hardest to get into the two minutes i know we picked a really really bad week to try and do this but it worked really well so thank you very very much and thank you for um for 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 trying it and 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 embracing it enthusiastically Mm -hmm. right now uh can we start to wrap this one up then freeman yes right and i've lost my script because you know what i was doing only says i've been clicking yeah. And I was clicking. It's because uh, Cosmo sent an email saying that the Russians have been at it again with the website. Oh, God. So, yeah, there were loads. Someone suggested it was um, it was uh, um, Matt. It was coded messages from Matt trying to get in touch with Pussycat. 
Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. But anyway, uh, let me. Oh God, your script's gone for a prop button. I really had clicked off. Um, talk amongst yourselves. I don't think we've done too badly, all things considered. Yeah, but my um, dinner's burning, so let's chop chop. Dumdydum dot com, folks. Um, we're not quite there yet, but Laura Jackson's on it. She sent me through Lucy the most detailed kind of spreadsheet with. <laughs> points of things she wants to change she wants clarification on what is the reason for this what's the reason for that so dumdum.com bear with it folks uh you're weeks away from seeing it honed and uh you know fighting fit uh in terms of being a website for purpose but it does have a shop on it and actually um, another listener has actually said that they have a friend who's very good on the old graphics and would like to um, help us to uh, laden our mugs, t-shirts, uh, socks, knickers, whatever, with dum-de-dum slash archers. Oh, everything's on there, Lucy. Everything's really? on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you need mm. a new pair of drawers? I do. Really? I was looking at it today on the John Lewis website, yes. Really? Mm. Hmm. Uh... This part of me wants to explore this with you no, more. There's another not. part of me says, let's just move on. Yeah. Right. So iTunes reviews. Bring my knickers. <laughs> not again, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes reviews, folks. Thank you to the people that have started, uh, well, not started, uh, that have been putting on reviews for us recently. Again, I'm not going to do the roll call this week, uh, but we'll do it next week. But yes, new reviews on the tunes of I have been coming through. Now, also, there's been um, a few new Patreon uh, donators. Uh, so thank you to you again. Uh, next week will be your the time when you get your moment in the podcasting sun. But um, if you'd like to keep our little show on the road, there are two ways this can be done. Uh, you can either hit the donate button or... You can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum and donate $2 a show, which is about £1 something. Remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumptydum.com. We can call us on 0203 as somebody just has whilst we're recording the show. But Buster, <laughs> you're too late. <laughs> I'll give a quick listen. If we can throw it in uh, without actually responding to it, I will. So you never know. You might have actually just squeezed in. Um, on social media, specifically the Twitters, you can find us where we're at Dumdy Dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. Harriet is at Shambridges. Uh, Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. And uh, we're going to no, end no, now. No, 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 no. On the Book of Face, which is the oh, bit which sorry. we never actually put in here. Um, you can find us by typing in Dumdy Dum. And... We are getting loads of new like lurkers on the Book of Face. So thank you for that. And now we're going to end with a very important message from Maeve in the big press. So uh, before Maeve, we'll say uh, a goodbye. Thank you for listening and thank you for all your support over the last traumatic two years. And hurrah for Helen. Oh, and just before we absolutely do go to Maeve, uh, BBC Publicity. Yeah. We love the Archers, and you know that yeah. we do. Yeah. Right. Can we put that song on? What? Oh, the Beyonce one? Yeah. yeah, of course we can. Now, but there was another Beyonce. I'm a Survivor. 
That's what we want. I'm a survivor. Da, 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 da. That's the Beyonce one song we want on. Okay, but that's a bit flippant. Is but it? This, the, yeah, a little bit. But the freedom is kind of. Oh, okay. It's about like. Well, I don't. No, no, no. Either, either. Because I thought that that survival one. It's a bit like all the single ladies. It's all like yeah. the, all your new feminists are all like all Beyonce is yeah. a strong woman and yada yada yeah. yada. No, Survivor was was Destiny's Child. Oh well, anyway, it's still Beyonce singing it though. Yeah. So what, what are you saying then? You do. You do. I don't mind. You do. I think considering we've said uh, we've had About Goddess Diva go yeah, Survivor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you just outdone me when it comes to a reference about kind of popular music? Ah! <laughs> 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 uh, two years. One strike. In two years. <laughs> All right. Well, well done, Freeman. So, oh. um, anything which we... Yeah, Destiny's Child. Well done. What year was it then? I don't know, do I? I only know because it's on my, my iTunes thing. I've got to go and do the dinner. 2001. There we go. Love you lot. See you later. And you. Take to care. Bye-bye. Hello, Lucy. Hello, Royfield. Hello, everybody. I just wanted to say uh, very quickly that whatever the outcome of the trial, it's really important that we continue to fund organisation to help people escaping from domestic abuse and from uh, coercive control. Uh, if every one of us, and there are there are up to 5 million listeners um, of the Archers, if even, you know, 10% of that uh, set up a standing order every month, five or two pound a pound to go to either the refuge charity um, or an organisation called the Freedom Programme or anywhere locally, charities that help and organisations that help uh, families in your area um, uh, to, to, to fund uh, domestic abuse support, anything from advice lines uh, through to legal advice, through to housing advice, through to even uh, roles at my own, which is um, therapeutic family work. Um, it's really, really, really important. So, you know, in years down the line, what we don't want to do lose the momentum it's been amazing how much money has been collected by uh, refuge from the just giving page fantastic but you know in five years time what we want to be really able to do is say the real legacy of this storyline is x amount of um therapeutic workers or helplines or even charities just managing to hang on by the fingertips and saving families and saving lives because the work that refuge do and the freedom program etc they actually save people's lives we can't underestimate that so let helen's legacy be whatever the verdict is uh, you know funded and good funding towards uh, domestic abuse Yeah.
sweetheart. Don't worry, it'll all be okay. Here we go. All right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this case is about a wife stabbing her husband in the kitchen of their family home in the presence of her five Count one is attempted murder. Bruce Titchener can parade himself in front of the cameras as much as he likes, Tom. That's not why we're here. Not why we're here. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this case is about a wife stabbing her husband in the kitchen of their family home in the presence of her five-year-old child. Free Helen. Free Helen. This was an act of self-defense. It's going to be over soon. With your honours leave, I'll call the first witness, Mr. Robert Titchener. I swear by Almighty God that the evidence I shall give shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and nothing but the truth. It's going to be over soon. Next thing I knew, I felt a sharp pain in my side. I turned back around and saw Helen holding the kitchen knife. Was that so very wrong? Why, Helen? All I ever did was love you. Was that so very wrong? They were fighting. Daddy tried to grab a topper, but he fell down. All right. Mummy said he was sleeping, but it isn't very nice sleeping on the floor. Helen was waiting for me at the door. She was shaking and there was blood on her hands. I asked her where Rob was and she told me he was in the kitchen. I went to look and Rob was on the floor. It's going to be over soon. When I came back to Ambridge, I hardly recognised her. She'd always adored her work, but Rob made her give it up. And the saddest part is she still loved him. Even when she decided to leave, she said she just needed some space. He'd attacked her. Look at him, sitting there, shaking his head. Well, I'm telling you, Rob Titchener is the worst kind of abuser because he doesn't leave any bruises. He lies and he bullies and he manipulates. He tried to destroy my best friend and he's still doing it. Any more outbursts, you'll be held in contempt. I've said what I came here to say. I've said what I came here to say. Rob told me what I could eat, what I could wear, even how I was going to have my baby. Rob picked up the kitchen knife and forced it into my hand. He said there was only one way I could leave, and that was by killing myself. That was by killing myself. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Free Helen. Helen. It's going to be over soon. Did you call a domestic violence helpline only ten days before the evening in question? Yes, I did. Mrs. Titchener, what did you discuss? I'm sorry? Something that you'd struggle to tell anyone else, even your friend Kirsty Miller. Mrs. Titchener, I know how unfair this must seem. Why did you ring the helpline? Rob, he was determined to have a baby. I told him I wasn't ready. The first time he plied me with wine, he held me down by my wrists. I won't warn the public again. I told myself he was my husband. It should be fine. But it wasn't fine, was it? Mum, Dad, I'm so sorry. Rob raped me. And not just once. It happened over and over again. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market and free helen 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 sweetheart don't worry it'll all be okay